Welcome to Let's Talk Learning Disabilities with Lori Peterson and Abby Weinstein. Lori and Abby spend their days talking about dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, and ADHD. They talk to parents of struggling students and adults who have had a lifetime of academic challenges. They want to share those stories along with their own insights with you. So, let's talk learning disabilities. Well, hello, everybody. This is Lori. And this is Abby. And we are so excited to welcome you to episode number 50 of Let's Talk Learning Disabilities. Wow, 50. 50 episodes. I can't believe we've made it this far. I think it's really important for everyone to understand why we're so shocked that we made it to 50. Um, There's just not a lot that we do that we stick with this long. I mean, outside of our job, of course, right? Of course. I mean, like picking up an extra hobby, I mean, working out, dieting, all that good stuff. I mean, no way. Mm -hmm. So 50 episodes that come out every other week. I mean, we've been doing this. I mean, it's almost been two years. Absolutely. That's it's bonkers. Been a year and a half. If you know either Abby or myself, you are probably equally as shocked. <laughs> so we thought it would be really fun to just take a little trip down memory lane. Not very long, but we wanted to share some of our favorite episodes, and we're just going to tell you about them, but we thought we'd do this in kind of a fun way. So we've got just four categories that we're going to go over today that will help you um, or help us outline what our favorite episodes or the most meaningful episodes have been. I mean, honestly, when I look through our list, I I kind of enjoyed them all. They've all been fabulous and so informative, and we've had such amazing guests and such perfectly appropriate and applicable topics. It was really hard to try to like narrow it down to just a couple because, I mean, honestly, I think all of these have been helpful to somebody along the way at some point in time. For sure. That being said, we still only had to pick a couple. So our first category, Abby, is this one. If you had to pick one episode to tell somebody like, hey, look, we've got a podcast. I want you to go listen to this episode and I want you to, this will give you a little bit about what we do and just give you a good insight into kind of how our podcast works and the kind of information we share. Which episode would you give somebody? Hmm, that's a hard one, Lori. Well, I know. There's so many, but I think in our Living With series where we interviewed a lot of different people living with various disabilities, I really think I would recommend that people listen to episode 39, Living with Learning Disabilities, where we had a guest, an adult guest named Stacy Harari. And I really liked that she's an adult who actually works with students with learning disabilities and has learning disabilities herself. And I love that she talked about her experiences as a kid growing up, her struggles, her interventions, the people who helped her, how she's overcome so many of her struggles and what she does now. Okay. Okay. I I think that's a good one. Is it? I like that. That's a good one. So So which episode would you choose if you had to choose one for people to listen to? Well, Abby, I couldn't pick just one. (laughs) So I have two. My first one is episode 19. It's the back to school episode because I think that is great information because not only does it prepare families and adults and everybody for that back to school time and what to do if you have a student with a learning disability, you suspect your child has a learning disability if you're a college student. But I do think we 
we overviewed a lot of really great information about the sure. kinds of services that are available. And that is what we do spend a lot of our time doing day to day. So I really, really like that one. That is a good one. But the other one that I thought was incredibly helpful was 43, which was where we talked about the memory strategies with Danielle Winton. That one, I mean, how many people come to us that say their memory sucks? Everyone. (laughs) I feel like that could hit home for everybody. Like, you want help with your memory? There are ways to do it, and Danielle's your lady. That's right. I I would agree there that that was a super informative and helpful helpful episode. episode. So I cheated. I had two. Okay, fine. So here's one topic for you. Okay. When we look at the next areas of choosing an episode. Okay. Who's the guest that resonated with you the most? I'm pretty sure we have the same answer on this one. Really? Episode 40, Leslie Giselle. Yes. Procrastination. Because I wanted Leslie to move into my house. I I want her to come stay with me for like three months and get me into shape. Yep. Leslie Giselle is the owner of Order Out of Chaos. And that's exactly what she does. She helps you bring order to the chaos in your lives and how and homes. But in that episode, she was specifically talking about procrastination. So Which, that's why I chose it the, as the one that resonated with me the most because I struggle tremendously with putting things off to the last second with procrastinating. And she talked a lot about what procrastination looks like and what it doesn't look like and the whys of yeah. procrastination. Kind of like we're procrastinating recording this until the very last minute. Exactly. I mean, this is like how we roll. And so, yes, I do. I did really appreciate how she clarified all of that. It was super helpful, super informative. And again, I feel like she has, I mean, we could have had her on for like 10 episodes. Oh, for sure. So, okay. That was just a small snippet of what she teaches and coaches about but that's the one that resonated with me the most as well episode 40 with leslie josell okay so then thinking about all the different guests we've had on um, our show over the past 50 episodes 49 episodes i should say if there was one guest that you'd want to go have dinner with who would it be hmm for this one i'm choosing michael snyder an ADHD coach that we interviewed. He did episodes four and five. Oh, that's right. There was two episodes with him. Way back in the beginning. Way back in the beginning. And the reason that I would like to have dinner with him is not only is he an ADHD coach who knows a ton about ADHD and the ADHD brain and how it functions, and he's got tons of strategies and tips and tricks, he has just some amazing stories to tell the experiences that he has lived and what all he has gone through to get to where he is today and to get to be the person he is today how he landed in this role he's traveled the world and i want to pick his brain some more yeah he's a pretty cool success story he is a pretty cool success story so that's who i would choose to have dinner with hey there Lori and abby michael snyder here uh, all I can say is, wow, I, I cannot believe you guys are, are approaching your 50th podcast episode. Um, what an exciting milestone. Such an exciting accomplishment. Uh, you guys are both are just true inspirations for the amount of effort you put into advocating for people with ADHD and other learning disabilities. Uh, I'm so proud of you. I'm honored and truly grateful that I've been uh, a part of this journey and got a chance to be on one of your podcasts. 
Uh, it's been such a pleasure getting to know the both of you over the past few years, and I'm just so excited to see what our future brings. Thank you again for everything the two of you do. Congrats on such an amazing accomplishment, and I'm wishing you guys all the best, and here's to another 50. Who would you choose to have dinner with? So I really think this guest was super interesting. It was our guest from episode 38 um, of the Living With series. It was DJ Therrington. And he had the amazing story about living with dyslexia and um, asking for accommodations in his workplace and getting fired. Mm -hmm. And the battle that he went through and that now he's on his way to law school Mm -hmm. so that he can represent people just like himself who are dealing with this. And, and gives me the chills right. thinking about his story. I feel like we do come across a lot of these people who have been, have lost jobs because of their disability mm-hmm. um, and didn't know that they could fight and that there are laws out there to protect them. Exactly. And so I think that I would love to have dinner with him and just spend some time picking his brain, not just about his experiences, but again, he's another one of those success stories. Absolutely. He so, would be a great guest to have dinner he with. He just, I thought his story was amazing. If you have not listened to episode 38, it is well worth a listen. It is well worth the listen. He won that fight. Too. Yeah, he did. His court case, he won. Yeah, he did. A nice lump sum of money. Kind of retired for a little bit mm-hmm. and decided to Good pursue his passion. Now he's headed to law school. So I guess he would take me to dinner then, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd have him by. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so here is the last category I want you to think about mm-hmm. is who is the guest that your parents wish you would have met sooner? If they could choose. So this one was hard because obviously Leslie Josel, I mean, the whole procrastination, procrastination thing, my parents, it makes them crazy still today on how I procrastinate. Um, I actually picked episode 41. I picked Ann Kaplan, the parent coach, which is interesting because that really wouldn't have helped me. It would have helped them, mm-hmm. but whatever, it would have helped. And I feel like, you know, Parents need strategies on how to, you know, we get frustrated with our kids, right? Like, there's no shame in that. We Mm -hmm. all get frustrated. But there are really, really effective, positive ways to handle that. And I feel like if, you know, my parents would have had some help understanding me and my brain and how I learn and had some really, just some strategies. I mean, you know, you have a child and they don't come with a manual. Right. You got to just figure it out. But but I kind of feel like Ann Kaplan has the manual. Right. And so I really feel like she would have been huge for my family growing up. What about you? That parenting piece too. And she could have given you strategies when you started your journey yeah. of parenting Absolutely. As well. Absolutely. So... For me, I think it was hard to choose Mm -hmm. because I was a very difficult child. You were a really good kid. I was not a good kid. I was very impulsive, rebellious. I was uh, a procrastinator. I couldn't remember anything I needed to do. So I... I chose either Tracy Otsuka. Oh, yeah. Who is running her business called ADHD for Smart Ass Women. Mm-hmm. She's a very successful individual living with ADHD, a woman entrepreneur. She started very, a business she on She started a business revolving around her disability. She's so driven. She's articulate. She's funny. She's so funny. Um, and I think that my parents would have liked for me to meet her and had her as a good role model and someone to aspire to. I like that. I have another message here from Tracy Otsuka, who is the host of the ADHD for Smart Ass Women podcast. She was on episode 28 and 29, and she says, 
Lori and Abby, happy 50th episode. Not only have I learned so much about learning differences through your podcast, but I have also had the privilege of watching you correctly assess my son after so many before you got it wrong. Beyond that, I've heard so many amazing stories from my ADHD women whose lives you've changed. You are doing great work, and I, for one, am grateful. Congratulations on 50 episodes. Hi ladies, Sydney here. Congratulations on 50 amazing podcast episodes. I am so grateful to be a part of this journey with you guys. Now, I might be a little biased seeing as I work across the hall from you two every day. However, you guys are the most incredible women I've ever met. You are so intelligent, and I am so grateful to be able to learn from you guys as I grow. It has been so cool to see how many people you have helped since the start of the show, and also how many amazing people and professionals we've been able to connect with because of it. Now, I've talked to a lot of fans of the show who have been helped in some way by this podcast, and every single one of them are just so grateful to have hosts who actually understand their struggles, live them every day in some cases, and are relatable to relate to them and provide real solutions. You know, I am not the best with my words, which is why I am tech support and you two do all the talking, but I am beyond grateful to be able to work on this project with you two and I look forward to helping plan another 50 great episodes. Congratulations, guys. And then the other one I was thinking my parents would have really liked me to also meet Danielle Witten, the memory strategies lady, because I never could remember anything. And that was always one of my biggest complaints, even if it was if it was school related or home life related or work related. I always said I couldn't remember. I forgot. And my memory stinks. So I think my parents would have chosen for me to be able to meet Danielle Winton and learn a lot about her memory strategies. So I, I feel like, too, I mean, we hit the, the, the those episodes, and those are all amazing episodes. But a couple of the other ones that I kind of wanted to throw out there, like episode number, um, it was oh, 24 with Dr. Barry, where we talked about visual processing. Oh, right. We also talked about it with Dr. Shidlovsky way, Seven. way back yeah, we talked a little bit about it in six that we met with Dr. Shadlovsky in seven. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we I spend every day talking about visual processing issues with with parents. Um, and You're so right. I feel like that's still such an unknown um, disability of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like those were really informative. It's unknown. And it's also very, it's much more common than people would think. And it's overlooked. And it is overlooked. And people, so many people that struggle with visual processing think they are stupid or lazy or they can't figure out what's wrong with them or they... Their parents think they must have dyslexia, they must have dysgraphia, they must have attention attention deficit. And there are so many different confusing things and symptoms that are related to so many different disabilities, but are really part of that umbrella of visual processing disorder. So that's a good one to the, mention. The other one that I thought was really fascinating was our one on auditory processing with the with the folks from um, Achieve. Achieve. And that was episode number 14. 
Yes. Or 13 and 14. Um, I just, auditory processing, again, is one of those things that I don't think people really understand what it is. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was, I liked, I like helping people understand these things and kind of like that aha moment, like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So those were really fun for me. I think also a really important episode for listeners to listen to would be episode 11, where we talked about, quote unquote, processing issues okay because so so many people come in saying my child can't process information well or they have a processing issue they're slow at processing i Mm -hmm. see the wheels turning in their in their brain in their eyes Mm -hmm. in their facial expressions and we really dug into what are different areas of processing and what do processing issues look like and mean. So I think that was a great one also. I mean, I I feel like, I mean, obviously we've touched on a lot and I I do, the more we talk about these, I'm, I'm I'm so proud of what we've done. I know. Um, I am proud of us too. And I'm, I really do feel like we've got a lot of great feedback. We've had a lot of people tell us this has been informative. It's been helpful. There's not a lot out there like it. Um, So I'm really excited that we've made it this far and I don't really know what the next 50 episodes are going to look like, and we're going to take them one at a time. One day at a time. One bite at a time. Exactly, because that's how we're learning to do things. Mm -hmm. I do know that our next little series is going to be on executive functioning, um, which is huge Mm -hmm. because that encompasses a whole lot. We're going to have a couple guests, a couple repeat guests, uh, a new guest or two, Mm -hmm. to talk just about some different aspects of executive functioning um, and what that looks like and, and strategies to help. And then from there, I don't know what we're going to do. We'll see. Because yeah, we'll we like to fly by the seat of our pants. Exactly. That's let's, who we are. Let's see if we can do another 50. Oh, wow. It's a big goal. That is a big goal. It is a big goal. Let's take Let's take 25. Let's okay. Just, let's, let's work baby on 25. Steps. All let's right. Baby, baby steps. steps. That's smart. Break things into small, manageable, That's one small, of the, manageable realistic right. goals. Let's take one of our recommendations and run with it. That's right. So part of our 50th anniversary sort of celebration of sorts is um, we decided um, a while back I recorded an episode that just kind of outlines how I started Diagnostic Learning Services, a little bit about my background and how I ended up here on a podcast with Abby. Um, it's it's interesting or not, um, but we thought it'd be kind of fun to show kind of where we came from and, and how this whole thing got started. Um, and so that is going to follow our little episode celebration. So Abby, thank you for doing this with me. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for inviting me to do this with you. I've enjoyed Absolutely. every minute of it and I I'm thrilled that we've been able to help people. I'm thrilled that we've had as many listeners as we have had and that we've reached as many parts of this world as we have reached. That is crazy. It is crazy that our podcast has gone international. I know. So it's exciting. Thank you so, so very much to all of our listeners for for tuning in, for listening, for giving us your time. For letting us ramble on. For letting us ramble on. Yeah. We appreciate you. And like, like usual, if there's something specific that we haven't touched on in these first 49 episodes that you want to hear about, please email us at Let's Talk Learning Disability at gmail.com. Abby, tell them about our website. And we also have a podcast website and it is 
ltldpodcast.com. And on that website, you can find all of our podcast episodes. You can find them grouped by categories, by chronological order. You can find links to resources related to those podcasts. You can also contact us. So ltldpodcast.com. Check it out. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for being here for the last 49 episodes. And we will see you for episode 51. Hey, everybody. This is Lori. I am riding solo today because I am going to share a little bit about my journey, my journey as an individual with ADHD and how I ended up doing what I do today. So I'm giving Abby the afternoon off and I'm going to you get to just hear me today. Um. So, and I can't believe we're about to turn the big 5-0. I can't believe we're coming up on our 50th episode. That is mind-blowing, but super excited. We're going to try to plan something special in our usual ADHD way. We haven't decided what that is yet, but it's coming. So we thought it'd be kind of fun um, or interesting for me to share a little bit about how I ended up doing what I do and kind of the journey that got me here. I know there's a lot of people out there that struggle with ADHD and sometimes you feel lost and like there's no hope and you can't figure out what you want to do with your life. Um, And so sometimes hearing someone else's story and and how they kind of landed where they are with similar struggles can be helpful. Um, So, you know, my background is in special education and I'll be honest with you, I was very unusual as a teen. I actually knew when I was in high school that I wanted to, well, I wanted to be a child psychologist. I'm kind of doing that. But I was really fascinated by the way the brain works. And, you know, in hindsight, if I knew then what I know now, I would know why I was so interested. But I'm sure it had a lot to do with the fact that I was a struggling student. I was a terrible student. I knew I was smart. I knew I could do the work. I just didn't know how to get it done. So I spent a lot of time struggling, a lot of time being told that I wasn't working to my potential and I was a social butterfly and blah, blah, blah. So my high school offered a really great program where um, my senior year, I was able to spend two hours a day in a rotation where I would go to different schools. And I ended up in two different special education classrooms and I would go for two hours every day and I was basically like the teaching assistant. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I loved helping those kids. I loved seeing how their brains work and what made them struggle and and all the different things you can do to to get them to learn. Um, And I, I knew right then that I really wanted to go into special education. So I left for college, went to Arkansas, got my undergrad in special education, graduated, made it in four years, graduated, got my first teaching job there in Arkansas. Um... And in my typical ADHD fashion, I taught it. I'm embarrassed to say I don't even know how many schools because at the end of every year, I was miserable. And, you know, all along, I thought it was because of them. (laughs) Now I know it was because of me. Um, I either didn't like the way the rules were set up or I thought that, you know, I just needed change and variety. And so I'd see something shiny. Oh, look, a new school opened. They have a position. Or I have a friend that teaches at that school. So I moved around and... I didn't stay at a school for more than a year or two um, throughout my teaching experience, which was about nine years. Um, I even took a break. I took two breaks. I took a break and worked at Sylvan Learning Center as their director of education, went back to teaching, took another break because someone said, hey, you might be good at this corporate job. I'm like, okay, did it, boring, hated it, decided to go back to teaching. 
Um, at that point, I decided, okay, I really love teaching, but why do these kids struggle? Like, I wanted to know more. And I loved helping them. I loved working with them. I loved seeing them make progress. But I really wanted to know why. Why Why are they here in the first place? Why are they in my classroom? And so that is when I decided to go back and get my master's in special education. But my emphasis was on assessment. And I learned how to assess kids to determine if they do have a learning disability, where their strengths and weaknesses were. And that that was what did it for me. I found my passion. Um, I went back and I worked in the school districts for another seven or eight years. But again, I didn't like the rules and I didn't like the way they made us do things. And I just, I don't know, I felt confined. Um, I was very lucky that my dad was an entrepreneur. He had a marketing company here in the Dallas area and he really encouraged me um, to kind of put my name on a, on a sign and, and hang a, hang a sign or wherever they say it. Um, and I was a little hesitant because I was married. I had one child, um, who was an, an infant and I knew we were going to have more and I wasn't ready just to break away from the school district. So again, very lucky. I worked in a district that let me alter my schedule to where I could work 80% of the time and have a day or two off. So I started a private practice for testing um, it was very small. My first office was actually in Dr. Shidlovsky's office, which you guys met back in episode number, I can't remember, one of the early episodes, but he's an optometrist that we that we work with for visual processing issues. And I that's how I learned so much is that I worked in his office and I'd have clients come in there for testing. And then I kept growing and it kept getting busier and I kept cutting back my time with the school district and increasing my time in my practice. Um, and over time, I eventually was at a place where I could do it full time, which was awesome, scary, but awesome. Um, and so I had an office here in, in Plano, um, in North Dallas, and I, um, had my dad help me back then. It was, gosh, 2006-ish, um, with print advertising, because there wasn't a whole lot of online stuff then. I did have a really fancy new website um, and just kept plugging away and kept networking and, and doing what I could to grow it so that I could do that full time. And for the most part, it was a great second income for my family. Um, it wasn't something that, um, you know, I could have done to support my family, but it was great. And I, I loved meeting all the families and getting to know the different professionals in my community that that work alongside me doing different therapies and um it was amazing. And then I got divorced. And then I had to make a decision. Do I want to make this something that I can that can sustain me and my kids? Or do I need to go back to the schools? And I actually signed a contract with a school district because I was scared that I couldn't do it. And I signed the contract in like hmm, March. And the more I thought about it, I thought, I'm just going to go back to the same thing. I'm going to go back to doing exactly what I did before. I'm not going to be happy. So I called them in like May and said, I'm going to take that back. <laughs> I'm going to break my contract before the school year's even started. And I said, I'm just going to go for it. Um, and so I did. And in the interim, I met my current husband who was coming out of 
the golf business. He didn't really, he was also had ADHD and kind of didn't know what he wanted to do. And when we talked about what I do, he was really excited about it. Um, and he's like, let's, let's do this. Let's build this. Let's make this a thing. And so we ended up um, opening up our second office in Houston, um, which was again, a little scary, but really exciting. And I think what was cool is just seeing how much of a need there was. You know, these services are offered in the schools, but the schools are so limited on what they can do and what they can tell you. And their testing is designed, or their process is designed, I should say, to really just determine if a student qualifies for special education, which for some kids, that's great because that's what they really need. But for a lot of kids, it's not what they need. And a lot of kids, I remember sitting in those meetings as as the assessment person going over testing thinking, gosh, there's so much more I could tell this parent if they would just let me. And I would sometimes pull parents aside after the meeting and say, hey, I will totally deny that I've ever said this to you, but you know, here's the eye doctor you really need to go see. This is where the real problem is. Or you know, this is the therapist you need to go work with. This is really where the problem is. Because in the meeting, I wasn't allowed to do that. Um, so, you know, watching our practice grow and seeing how many families we could affect. And then on top of that, all the adults that I started seeing, I remember when I got my first adult client, I was incredibly nervous because hey, they were older than me, um, which I thought they're going to think, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I lacked that confidence, um, but it went well. And now I feel like we see probably as many adults as we see students or children um, and the number of adults we're able to help and and clarify why they've been struggling and give them some hope. You know, we've talked about that in our other podcasts that we really feel like what we do is we give people hope that they've had these struggles all their lives. Now they know why and they have a plan to move forward. So watching it grow after we opened up the Houston office, it took off and was busy. So we thought, all right, let's go for it. We opened one in Austin. Same thing. That one was a little slower to grow, but it's definitely come a long way in the couple of years it's been open. We decided in Dallas, we'd open up a Fort Worth office. And then right before COVID, um, I'm not going to lie, I don't remember what gave me the idea or what sparked the, the the process, but I thought, boy, if we could offer these online, this would be so great because we'd be able to reach people outside of Texas. And so my husband had a nephew. They lived in Colorado. We did a trial run. It went so well. And that was probably six months before COVID hit. Well, then COVID hit and all of a sudden doing everything online was completely acceptable. Um, All the testing companies started producing materials that we could use online. And so our online business kind of took off. And I got to tell you, COVID didn't really phase us because when everybody was shutting down, we were just shifting everything online and it was amazing. And and who to thunk, right? So, you know, now that we're be able to help people, not just in the state of Texas, but now we're reaching people outside of our state. It's so rewarding. And, you know, I think back over it and like, how did this happen? How did I get here? How did I do this? And I, interestingly, I kind of think it was because of my ADHD, I tend to be a risk taker. Um, People with ADHD tend to like to take risks. Um, I also like variety and I work with 
a whole variety of people, um, students, parents, clients, even though I'm doing the same basic tasks every day, I don't get bored like I did when I was working in the schools. Um, and I feel like my experiences and all of my struggles as a student really, you know, it gives some clarity as I'm talking to parents and saying, you know, Hey, this was me. Um, I get it. And, and I think having those experiences makes the results of an ADHD evaluation sometimes easier to swallow when you see somebody who's lived it, survived it, so to speak. Um, so I feel like, you know, if I had to say one, one reason I got here, it was because of my ADHD. I was not, I do not fit the teacher mold. I'm not a rule follower. I'm not a nine to five, like come in and do all my job and stay for the right hours and follow all the rules. That wasn't me. And as much as I loved working with those kids, it was all the other stuff that was, it was kind of a beat down. Um, and it made me very frustrated. And at the time I had no idea that I had ADHD. I didn't get diagnosed until much later in life. So, you know, in hindsight, it all makes total sense. But at the time, I totally thought there was something wrong with me. Why can't I do this? And I would start every year like, okay, this year, I'm going to just do my job. I am going to follow the rules. I'm going to do what they asked me to do. I'm not going to complain. And I would make it about a month or two. And then I'd be like, here we go again you know, looking for a new job, looking for a new school, frustrated with the things that were going on in my building. Um, and then beating myself up thinking, why can't you do this? Why is this so hard for you? Look at all these other people that can do this job. Why can you not just come to work every day? Just do what you got to do and go home. And now I understand it. But it took a lot of counseling and a lot of doing what I do now, because now I'm seeing all these people come to me with the same problems. And I totally get it. And I do think it helps that I can relate to them and share my story um, of how much I struggled, not just as a student, but as an adult. And don't get me wrong, I do not have it figured out yet. I still have lots of ADHD related struggles, but at least I understand them. And I've learned how to give myself a lot of grace as an adult. And I think that's been huge. Um, it's also helped my children who with ADHD because it allows me to give them some grace, which I find to be incredibly important because that's what we really need. But I do also believe that ADHD has gotten me to where I am today. And I don't think I'd be here today doing what I do, affecting as many lives as we can affect positively if it weren't for my ADHD. So it's kind of an ADHD success story in a way. Um, but, you know, if you would have asked me a long time ago when I was in high school, if I would be running my own company one day and doing what I do, I'd be like, no way, no way I could do that. And, and here I am. So, you know, if you are somebody with ADHD or have a child with ADHD, don't give up, have some grace you know, and, and encourage them to find what they're passionate about. I think being passionate about it has been the other winning factor for me because ADHD is an interest-based attention system. And if you love what you do, you're going to do it and you're going to do it very well. So here we are today, Diagnostic Learning Services or e-diagnostic learning now with our online um, branch. We've got five offices in Texas, the online branch. Um, we are helping a lot of people and it has been a wild and crazy ride and I'm not quite ready to get off. 
Um, I'm very happy uh, with what we've grown. We have great people in place, great staff. I still have my challenges managing people, managing the day-to-day, keeping up with my to-dos. But because I love what I do, it makes it pretty easy. So most high school kids don't know what they want to do. And I always say, you don't have to know. The fact that I did know is crazy to me because, I mean, I can't decide what we're going to have for dinner tonight, more or less what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. But I knew back then, and I do believe it was because of my own personal struggles in some way. I didn't relate it then, but I can relate it now that I just wanted to know what makes these kids struggle, you know, and and how do you help them and how do you compassionately help these kids without getting frustrated? Um, And, uh, you know, if you asked my parents or my sibling, um, if I'm a patient person, they would say um, no. But sitting across the table from somebody who we're going to do multiplication facts for the 7,000th time, I can be totally patient. So it just kind of goes to speak to, again, when you're passionate about something, when you love what you do, you can be very successful at it and do it very well. So if you have questions about, you know, the process I've been through, everything from, um, I've helped people with, you know, how did you start? What was the first thing you did um, to, you know, ADHD questions or, you know, running a private practice? Um, I'm happy to help. I love to help people. And so if you have questions and want to reach out to me, let's talk learning disabilities at gmail.com. I am happy to answer questions or give advice or tell you how I did it and or maybe what I would have done differently. Um, Because this is possible. If I can do it, anybody can do it. That is absolutely for sure. So I hope this has been helpful for everybody. I hope that this has given you guys some insight into why we're here, why we do what we do, why we even started the podcast. Um, Our goal is just to reach people, let them know there's hope if you're struggling, whether it's with ADHD or a learning disability. Um, It it doesn't mean that you're limited in, in your possibilities and your options. There, there, there are ways to overcome and, and find the thing that you are really good at, that you're passionate about, and make that um, your career, and you will be incredibly successful. So check back with us for episode number 50. It's coming next. We're so excited. Abby will be back with me. Who knows who else we'll have in here with us. Um, hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening to me ramble on for 20 minutes, but it's kind of cathartic to share your story too. Um, Try it sometime. Anyway, have a great day. Bye everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. In our show notes, you can find information about today's talk, as well as links to resources and other episodes. If you have questions about today's talk, have ideas for future episodes, or just want to stay connected, you can contact us through Diagnostic Learning Services on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. So let's keep talking learning disabilities. This podcast is sponsored by eDiagnostic Learning. You can find more information at www.ediagnosticlearning.com. <laughs>